It's a fabulous Wednesday here in Rhode Island. So before I get into my opening spiel, can somebody tell Winter to leave us alone? It's spring now. Go away. It was 19 degrees when I woke up this morning. Damn it, I'm ready for sunshine and warmth. Okay, with that being said, welcome to Shut Up and Grind. This is episode number 221 with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So we are all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds. I lost the live stream. Hold on one second. See? See? All about doing do live. When stuff like this happens, you just have to smile and go with it. All right, there we go. All right, so we're all about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, and helping you clear whatever is in your path, blocking you from the success that you're looking for. So if that sounds great, hang around for the hour. If it doesn't sound like it's your cup of tea, I challenge you to hang around anyway, because my guest and I are going to have a great conversation that you don't want to miss. And if you have no idea who I am or why I'm doing this, Here's one minute and 18 seconds of an introduction. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. It starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again all that stuff and I was like you know what like I want to be able to take this even bigger if you know why you do what you do you have to know how to charge for what you do that's how you're going to change your life and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family you gotta know your work and that's me so before I get to my guest See, in that last clip, those red shoes that, that I was wearing, that, that's going to lead us into today's teachable moment. It's all about being your authentic self. So today we're going to be talking about, is it time for a change, for a career change? And I've been through through there. Like, I hit that point. I know lots of people that have been on the show have been have hit that point, and lots of people just in the world. They hit that point where you're doing something, but your soul is just screaming for something different, for something more something more meaningful. Like most people leave leave careers or leave relationships in general out of missed expectations. And so when you show up to be your authentic self, the proper doors are going to open for you. Like when I was starting this podcast, I was told you can't be showing up to speaking engagements wearing a, wearing a tank top. I was like, oh, by whose standards? I was like, who, who says? It's like, it's about what I have in here and what comes out here which is what's going to inspire your group. So it doesn't matter if I have a tank top, if I have a polo shirt on, or if I have a North Face jacket, the words that come out of my mouth is what's going to move your organization. And I've been speaking now virtually all over the world wearing the same tank top, right? So show up, be your authentic self, and those right opportunities are going to come to you. So that's today's Teachable Moment. So to help me have this conversation about is it time for a change, Please, well, I didn't ask her how to pronounce her last name. 
All right, we're just going to call her by her first name. Come on, Jade! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, it's so funny. I was like, I'm just waiting to see how you pronounce my last name because we, did, we didn't have that conversation. Nope. So should I give you the true yes. big French version? The big French version is Ferret. Oh, I, I couldn't do that to save my life. If you <laughs> want to be just like Ferret is fine. <laughs> Fun fact, I'm half Puerto Rican and I can't okay. roll I can't roll my R's. Oh. I, I didn't get that half. <laughs> so, so I couldn't do that with your last name if I wanted to. <laughs> so it's Jane Ferret is fine. That works All right. For me. So you, you said French, so are you in France now? No, I'm in London right now. London, I okay, do I speak so. French. I used to live in France. I lived in Paris for two and a half years because mm. uh, I worked at Disneyland Paris. So okay. my little Pluto here. Nice. And um, my this is my husband's name. It's not mine. And he is from okay. Mauritius, which is an mm. island which is east of Madagascar in the Indian Ocean. Oh, wow. um, uh, so, uh, that was French and British and Dutch at, at various times. But that's his name. <laughs> So my okay. name, my maiden name is Scottish, so but this is a bit more exotic. I love, <laughs> I love your accent. <laughs> this is going to be a fun hour. <laughs> it's like Bridgerton meets, you know, I don't know what's that American one they've got, right? The Gilded Age. It's Bridgerton yes. meets the Gilded Age right now. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where where were you raised? I was raised in Manchester, which is in the northwest yeah. of England, which is the heart of the industrial. Um, revolution in the UK so very different right. um, even though we're three hours away from London very different culture and um, mm. yeah yeah gotcha. all right so how would you describe your upbringing uh, my upbringing it was it was tough actually I'm um, I am the uh, middle child um, so that tells you everything. All right, oh, yep. let's do the whole let's do the whole sibling thing. Um, yeah, middle child, uh, older brother, younger sister. Um, uh, do you know more middle children have been presidents, and middle children leave home first, and there's a but, whole because they men. <laughs> Because they get ignored, right? They get ignored, <laughs> and they, and it's and it's just like we just need attention. That's all it is. Um, but you know, my my mom was a single mom of three kids, and you know, we had uh, you know we had to count every penny, and you know, it as hard as it was, I just think I wouldn't be here today if I'd have had a kind of charm life, you know. I'm grateful for everything I have and I'm grateful for that experience. And it's just, you know, it's like our, you know, you've got the, your true power lies in your story. That's, that's yes. where my, that's my superpower. That's where it comes from. That resilience and that, you know, nothing can be ever as bad as it was back then, you know? Exactly. And I'm glad you said that because everybody's true power lies in their story. So I had someone on here who, who self self proclaimed that they had privilege, you know, because they grew up with money, they lived they lived in the country, you know, they had both parents, went to pri private school, and and all this other stuff. And I said that's not, I said you know that's not privilege to me. It's like you your story is this that you don't know what it's like on the other side. Yeah, know what I mean? I said that's that's the yeah. only difference because people who are poor, their story is because they don't know what it's like to be financially stable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? so, so like it goes both ways because trust me if you take that privileged person 
and like uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Training Places <laughs> back in the day, where they pretty <laughs> much years that. ago, yeah, yeah, long, yeah, yeah. long time ago. But it's yeah. true, it's true, you know. So it's like if you reverse roles with someone else, you'll lose your mind, you know. And yeah. vice versa, a lot of people who who weren't privileged, they don't know how to handle being privileged. So like both both sides have a full story all in themselves. Yeah. 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 So it's so true. It's so true. And this is where I always think about, you know, in my world, we talk a lot about diversity. And and one of the things that I used to get on my high horse about in the corporate world was we're talking about diversity in terms of gender and race and sexuality or sexual orientation. But it's like, where's the diversity of thought? Because all you know, if you've got things like a grad, like it used to grind my gears, right? I was going to say something else then, but <laughs> if allowed to swear. you can speak freely. <laughs> it used to grind my gears, and we'd go off to these universities. It's like all your bloody graduates who are coming into the graduate program. Oh, they might look a bit different now, but they all have the same experience. They're all bloody privileged, as you say, because right now in, in the UK. Like when I was a student, you you could go to university for free. Now you've got to pay for it. So just the fact that you've been to university or college, as you would say, means that you're already privileged. It means that you have got quite a narrow view of the world. And and actually, in terms of bringing that into a business, you're bringing all these people into the business that have a narrow view of the world. So your decision-making ability in this business is limited. So let's just, you know... Let's let's yes, let's have a graduate program and let's have a, a something else program where there's brilliant kids who just haven't had that opportunity, you know, that that these privileged kids have that have got just more hungry, you know. That's mm-hmm. that's the big difference I found. It's just that hunger, that drive, that ambition is just different. See, not, it's a lot better or worse, different. <laughs> yes, see, and, and a lot a lot of that too, because that ambition can be dragged out of anyone. Like everyone yeah. has it within them, but it gets suppressed, right? I'll, I'll just share quick quickly. There was a, a, a career and technical school here in Rhode Island. And I had pitched myself to, to come and speak to the students. And so now it's a career and technical school. So like they're they're learning skills, whether it's automotive or whatever. So, yeah. I, so, you know, the principal gets back to me, said, well, what do you want, want to speak on? You know, I said, you know, I speak on confidence and this and that. Just went through all the things. And at the end, I was like, and I can show them how to make an additional income with their cell phone. And so she's like, oh, um, I'm not so sure about that because we want them, when they leave us, we want them to go to either further education or enter the workforce. I said, I understand that, but they should know that this is an option also. And she's like, yeah. you know, well, we, we'd, we'd love to have you come and speak, but we just want to leave that part out. I was like, then I can't come speak. I was like, That's I can't come just... speak. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, they should be introduced to all possible avenues for their success. You know, cause like one of them could learn a trade and blow up on YouTube. You know, or, or all that all that trade just doesn't exist anymore, right? So you so too. you think about these kids, like I don't know, let's say I'm going to learn how to be a mechanic on cars, right? Cars are changing now. Yeah. So it it's it's like what you learn in college, or if you're doing like IT stuff, by the mm. time you leave, it's out of date. So it's yeah. it's <laughs> I and I heard I heard something the other day actually, and it was talking about education, and I so I'm not dissing education at yeah. all. 
Um, I mentor students at my old university, but they said that the purpose of schools, universities, it's to churn out worker bees. Yes. That is the that is what they are for. So just your story mm -hmm. there, that you've just described their purpose. Their purpose isn't to create people that are going to disrupt the norm. Exactly. Their purpose is to create little worker bees like people in the graduate program who are just yep. going to trot out. And I, this is probably me, like 20, yeah, very many years ago. Um, <laughs> but you, you're just this, you're yeah. in this conveyor belt. You're just in this factory and you're just, you know, the fact that you, you know, you get graded from age four. And then in the UK, we have an exam, age 11. It's called the 11 plus. And that yeah. exam determines whether you go to this school or this school. And, you know, this school is better than this school. And then you, you're tested at 16 and you get, you know, your GCSEs. And then 18, you get your A-levels. Your A-levels determine which university you go to and then your university grade de de determines whether you get in on this graduate program or that graduate program you're just in this you're just in a factory on a conveyor belt just mm -hmm. ticking boxes learning facts it's not like taking problems and solving them or fixing them or yes. disrupting it <laughs> because if you disrupt that process you're disrupting like society and that mm -hmm. is bad we need to get kept in our boxes. My yes. God, I'm on one today. It's because it's <laughs> 4.15 here in the UK and I've already had a date. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, still morning here. I was like, oh. I, I just want to add to, to that. I was talking with my oldest daughter the other day. We were talking about slavery and not just American Americans. We're talking about worldwide slavery. And I told her, I said, you realize it's not over. I said, people are just paid now. I was <laughs> like that that's the difference. You still have yep. your bill your billionaire elites making all yep. their money. They're just paying us now and al and allowing us to have property and cars. Like, but yep. like our sole purpose, unless you're an entrepreneur, your sole purpose is to make somebody else money. I said that's what the purpose of slavery was. It's like we need stuff and we need people to harvest the stuff or to build the stuff. And all all races, all like every country, every continent had them. You know, like, and like I said, and the color didn't matter. Europeans enslaved Europeans, Africans enslaved Africans. So it's like when you look at the workforce today, it really hasn't changed any. We just had better living conditions. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's 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 so it's it's, it's so sad. But but I shared that with her because you said something a second ago. Value. You know, that's the thing. Value. So when we're talking about, is it time for a career change? It's about value. So you mentioned mechanic also. My oldest son, he's a mechanic. You know, he'll he'll be wow. twenty he'll be twenty-three on Saturday. And I was talking with him about it. I was like, how many, how many mechanics are where you are? He works for uh Toyota in East Providence. And he's like, there's anywhere from eleven to fifteen of us. I was like, so if you were to leave, how how are you gonna affect that that stat? And he he just thought about it for a second. He's like Probably not too much. I said, no, no, they wouldn't think they, they wouldn't miss you at all. <laughs> it's like if they have that many people on the force, your value is lower. I said, why don't you look into finding a, a smaller shop? Like I, I'm, I try to get him to do his own thing, but he's just not there yet men mentally. Yeah. But I was like, well, just find a shop that has like two or three mechanics. Now, what is your value? You know, so like if there's only three and now you have some bargaining power as far as hours and pay and everything else. Like when you're part of 
15 mechanics, they don't need you. It's like you can leave right now and they won't miss a beat. You know, so it's like once you realize your, your value, that was one of the most powerful things yeah. that I heard. I went to a seminar where, where the guy says, what's one hour of your time worth? And you could hear a pin drop in that place. Yeah. I started crying, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's like all these years, it's like I was letting somebody else decide my worth. Yeah. You know, so, so how did you get into this field? It's. I just want to go back. It's. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Because when I was working um, in HR, I was like a HR business partner, which is like you're kind of the strategic HR. You're you're matched with a business leader, mm. and I was working very closely with the MD of the our operation. I worked for British Airways at the time at Gatwick, so four thousand people under us. And even she said, Jane, when I leave, because she was going out the door, when I leave, people will say what was the name of that woman that used to sit at that desk? What was she called again? And she's like, it doesn't matter whether you're the mechanic or whether you're the MD, right? Yeah, it's true. You're, you're dispensable. And and I, I kind of say that with a, like, uh, like, no, a it's a, true. but you, but you are, you know, no one's going to miss you. You know, yeah. <laughs> no one's going to miss you. Yeah. Like it but, might, depending on the business, it might hurt for a week or so, but then, They'll be fine. Like one, you know, again, just depending on what the role was. Like I used to be a kitchen manager. So, so like I had this really good broil cook. And then when yeah. they left, you know, it sucked for about a week or two. And then, you know, we, we, we found our stride in their absence. But it's like, yeah, yeah you know, the ship's always going to keep moving. You know? Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Sorry, I interrupted you. Asked me a question. No, no it's okay. It's, it's right. Because I forgot to ask you to describe yourself. So let's do that first. <laughs> so describe myself right now. Well, so in um, you said not to not to deliver a resume, but in, in terms of my, I kind of I always think I have like two sides of my personality, and there's almost like a Venn diagram where they overlap in the middle. <laughs> the fun bit is I'm just a drama queen. I did a little LinkedIn <laughs> live before, and I was like, I love this is my latest play. It's an Agatha Christie. Oh, nice. It's called The Hollow. That's mm. in. April um nice. and that's I just that's I miss that during lockdown because it's just a way where you can go on stage and you know you and I we do stuff like this all the time it's like you have to kind of be yourself and authentic and all that stuff yeah. it's like <laughs> when you're on stage you're playing a part and I'm playing this old Hollywood actress who's having who's had an affair with this man and you know it's just I'm <laughs> hamming it out big time so I love that bit of my life <laughs> the awesome. other bit is I just help people to get out of shit jobs that they yes. hate. So I, I I work with primarily now HR directors who are looking to exit people from their business with speed, dignity, and grace. There is so much of this going on right now. People, businesses are changing, you know, whether it's a COVID thing or whether it's a long overdue change, people need to get rid of people out of their business. The fact that you have to do that is not nice. Yeah. The way that you do that can change how you're seen as a business and how that individual sees themselves. And they can bounce back quicker from this setback if you give them what we call in the HR trade, outplacement support, which is what I do. I work with them one-on-one -on -one to help them figure out, actually, what do you want to do next? Because suddenly you've got this world open to you and you can mm. recreate your life or you can go and carry on doing the same thing. If you love what you do and you're brilliant at it and you're happy doing that, then crack on. Let's, let's get you doing something Let's help you find something similar. Um, but, or and, you could 
do something completely different and let's explore that with someone who's got no skin in the game because your family your friends they kind of keep you in your box yep keep you down subconsciously they'll keep you down so it's always i always say talk to someone who's not got any skin in the game for you love it i remember yeah. uh gary v gary vanderchuk he he was give, given a speech and he said that he had a meeting with tony robbins and he said tony robbins said said to him you know you could double your twitter following if you just didn't swear as much you know and gary <laughs> says i'll keep my six million followers and keep being who the <laughs> f i am that was like <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like kind of like yeah. what, I, what I was saying about the tank top. It's like this. This is just a, a. It's an identifying trait now. If I get on here without one, I'm getting yo. What's up? Where's the tank top? <laughs> <laughs> it's just you just want to flex, right? You're just like suns <laughs> out, gums out, right? You, you, know? you know. You know what it is. I my my body is always warm, so it's like. With, I had to do one where I had to dress up. I was sweating like crazy. <laughs> and I was like, this is the actual reason why I wear the tank top. It's like my body is so warm all the time. I'm <laughs> so wearing warm. my, I have an emergency Zoom shirt in my in my office. And I've this office is so hot today. And and we've cut, we've, last week it was like 20 degrees Celsius. And today it's three right so oh, it's just wow. like what the hell's going on so the heating is on in this office and i was like oh, i can't do this much offer. so oh, emergency man. zoom shirt here we are it's interesting what you say though because this it, it's exactly the same in terms of gary v or you and i or somebody who is looking for a job it's about figuring out so a lot of what i do is i i help people figure out what's really important to you right now because they have never looked at either they've never looked at their own personal values or they've kind of gotten to a point where it's like if I ask them what's really important or what their values truly are they say something they think I want to hear or they tell me what was important 20 years ago and they go I really don't know what it is right now and I think that's the really important thing it's like when you're selling yourself because that's what you're doing in a job market it's like whether you're on Tinder or whether you're in a job market, you're selling yourself <laughs> and your job is to attract the right people as well as repelling the wrong people. Yes. So exactly. it doesn't matter that Gary Vee is doing quite all right with 6 million Twitter followers. <laughs> yeah, he is. You know, <laughs> he's doing okay. And it's, it's you know, I've been... Um, you know one of you know we have as business people we have the things that we've like been meaning to do for years and i've been looking at my email list and that i've kind of neglected and and i'm about to send an email that just says unsubscribe if you want because you know i don't i don't you're gonna well number one you're gonna cost me money if you stay on my list and you're not interested but i don't want to talk to you if you don't want to listen if you don't want to listen to me thank you very much yep jog on as we say in the uk <laughs> so true like i probably lose so much money in the gym because i am so bluntly upfront in my consultations you know it's like the name of this show shut up and grind you know it's like this it's, love it that name <laughs> is that because that's how i operate so when people come to my gym i'm like here are the expectations if you can't do all of this don't start 
It's like, let's not waste each other's time. Where you where you're gonna start, I'm gonna take your stats, I'm gonna take your measurements, I'm gonna you know get you on a meal plan, all this other stuff, and then you leave. <laughs> you know, so so it's, so it's like if this if this is all too much for you, let's just squash it now. Yeah, you know? and, no, but and you know what, you're not it's start. it's it's not about you turning money away though. It's about yeah. so it does kind of feel like that. You're thinking like, oh god, this person said no, or it's just not working out, so I've lost, I don't know how much. I look at it this way. I look at it as you're saying no to this person so that you can say yes to these other people who yes. are up for it, who will say, actually, do you know what? Yes, I need to, I need someone like you to kick my ass, I tell you. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I have a very, very no-nonsense style. It's like... I love and, that. You know, and it's not knocking anyone else's style. It's, it's just... Yeah. It's my own standard for myself. Like, I've, I've never been a good enough person. It's like, no, like, I don't do good enough. Like, either I did it or I need to keep keep working. And yeah. that's that's just how I operate. So when people come in, come into the gym, that's the standard that, that I set. It's like, those are the people I want to work with. It's like, I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to work with the people I have to spoon feed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, typically someone who's, like, a former athlete, usually usually their, their moms or parents but they were like a former athlete. It, it, Cause I always say it's easier to drag the badass out of someone than it is <laughs> to stuff it in them. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, so screening, screening is definitely a, a very, very big part of it. Yeah. And everything you do though. So, you know, I do, I do a lot of my, actually most of my clients come to me through LinkedIn. I do, I go on there, I do lives on LinkedIn. And the reason that I do that, so when I set up my business, somebody said to me, he's he's a very successful business person. He said to me, if you're a coach, what you need to be doing is you need to be doing video because people need to see you to figure out if they can work with you. Yeah, There's true. no point in just putting all these posts out there because it's about this kind of connection. Have you got this connection with people? Yes. And if people don't like you, great. There's yes. someone else that's for them. But if, yeah. they, if they, they will love you or they'll hate you, and I want the people who love me, the people who hate me, I send love and light to them and I wish them well, but I am not the coach for them. I am not going to help them get to where they want to be because they're going to just piss me off and they're not exactly. going to, they're not going to get the best Jane, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so true. <laughs> <laughs> like one of my, one of my former trainers, when, when she, she was what she was one of my clients. So she had lost lost about a hundred pounds, not all with me. Like she had, she had a good chunk of it already lost by the time I met her. And then she did, then she kept going. But so she comes to me. Oh, at, actually. At, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. She came to me and she's, she's like, Rob. So I think, I think when I lose like 40 more pounds, do you think I'd be able to be a trainer? And I said, why do you have to lose 40 more pounds? Yeah. And she's like, well, how can I be a trainer looking like this? And I was like, a, it's not about that. I said, there's probably a billion women that would kill to be your size. I said, so it's like, you know, you can't think so narrow-minded. It's like not all trainers have washboard abs and only eat chicken and asparagus. Like that's a that's a select few. I said, the way you carry yourself is what's going to attract people to you. You know, like there are there are exactly. some there are some people who say, I don't want to train with someone that's heavier than me. I was like, then you're going to miss an opportunity of having a phenomenal trainer, you yeah. know, because it's all about the knowledge and how you deliver that knowledge. 
So if you deliver it in a way that someone can receive it, because again, not everybody likes my aggressive style. I said, yeah. but said, but there's someone that might not like my style, but they might like yours. And exactly. so she, she ended up training for me for almost four years, I want to say. Amazing. You know, but just got her out of that mindset. And you know, it's so it's so funny because I um I've I've just done a bit of a weight loss journey myself. So I've just lost. So since September last year, I've lost in kilos like 13. So what's that? Like 20 13 kilos. Yeah, that's like just under 30. 30 pounds, right? So I finished my 5k. So I've just done couch to 5k. On Sunday, I started gateway to 8k because in August, I'm doing a 10k. Um, And it's, it's funny. So I've joined the gym because I'm a fair weather runner. And um, I do a yoga class now on a Monday. And I freaking hate yoga. (laughs) My fantasy self likes yoga. But I just thought I just need I need the stretching and you know, all of that kind of stuff. Oh, my God, this woman. She's not like, I was like, are you the yoga teacher? <laughs> like, okay, okay. Uh, because they're usually, you know, very skinny, like yeah. vegan, you know, all that soft, <laughs> softly spoken. And this woman was like, you know, tattoos everywhere, quite like custo is the French word, like solid, you know, mm. best freaking yoga class I've ever been to. And I'm there every Monday at six. Yeah, she's amazing, but it, she's not like your regular yoga teacher because that's what I don't like about yoga. So it doesn't matter <laughs> that you know she's different. I like different because I don't want the regular same old thing. It's so true. Exactly. But, you know, it's yep. like it's I, and it's like trainers as well in the gym. It's like I don't want to be with a skinny trainer because I don't believe I don't know what I never you never know what someone's journey is but it's like yeah. I don't think you know what I'm going through because you look like that yeah. no. <laughs> right you know you're wrongly no you're absolutely right because like I don't work with obese people because I've never been you know it's like yeah. I can like I was overweight once I lost I lost 45 pounds I released it I was like this this is never coming back you know, so, so, I cast my fat. Yeah, yeah. I attached it to a balloon and said, "Get out!" Right. So, but uh, but like with with someone who's who's obese, like I can't get into their psyche. You know, like someone who's a former athlete, I can tap right into that brain. You know, or someone yeah. who was, even though I wasn't military, it's still similar. Like going through boot camp and going through your drills and training. Like I can tap into that person's mind. And get right in there. Yeah. And and people who overcome things, because a lot of times people join the gym for an outlet, like post-divorce, you know, uh, post-military, you know, post-losing uh, their job or leaving their job, and they come here for an outlet. And I've experienced most of that, you know, so I can tap into yeah. their mind. So like you were saying about being seen on video, because people want that relatability. You know, so like yeah. when, when you walk in and you see the woman with the tattoos, it's human nature to judge a book by its cover. It's human nature. Yeah. Like when I walk into business meetings with my tank top on, you can cut the judgment <laughs> with a knife. You know, it's like it's like I go in expecting it. People are going to look me up and down. They might whisper, you know, but by the end of the meeting, they all want my contact info. You know, so it's it's about help helping people see beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so true, and it and it's funny as well the 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 gym being kind of an outlet because that's 
that's something that I did. So, so my, my kind of story is I lost my job twice in one year. So I mm. had, we call it redundancy here. I don't know if you call it the same thing. So I, no, I was at, no, when I was reading your bio, I kind of had to piece together what that meant. <laughs> okay. okay, so redundancy is basically when the when an organization says like uh, we don't need your role well, officially, your role no longer exists anymore. So therefore, ergo, we don't need you anymore. Gotcha. Um, and that happened to me. I was at British Airways, and obviously, I'd done this because I was HR. I'm involved in doing this to the business, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and you know, karma will come and bite you in the arse. Right? <laughs> yeah. So at some point I knew it was going to happen to me and it. I just kind of looked at the roles that were available and thought either I've done them before I or, you know, really? Oh, no, I don't want to do that. And I just thought I'm at this age where if I don't go now, I'm going to be that 50-something-year-old who's really irritated by the whole thing. So I was just like, you know what? Show's over. Like that show's over, kids. Time to go off you know leave so I left there with a you know nice check in my hand which was beautiful thank you um got headhunted got another job and that role became redundant eight months later so in two in a year I I lost my job twice once was you know very long-winded very slow the other one it was literally come in for a meeting on Friday and Monday's your last day go home right hand over come back on Monday with your keys your laptop your phone Wow. Thank you and good night. Merry Christmas. So very, very different. And having something like the gym is a is a great thing to do because when you don't have a job, you actually lose a lot of your routine. So if yeah. you think about your True. day, <laughs> your yeah. day is surrounded by I've got to get up, got to get dressed, go to work, get in my car, get on a train, whatever. And then I sit here and then I have lunch at this time. And then you don't have a job. All of that disappears. So actually having something like the gym is a great thing to do because not only is it great for your kind of mental well-being, but it also helps your physical state. And it just gives you, you know, I used to have these, th- you know, classes booked in while I was out of work. It's like, okay, it's Tuesday, it's 10 o'clock, it's spin class. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I'm going to do a little exercise, you know, body pump class at this time. So it is a, it is a great way to kind of give yourself some sort of routine and also to kind of kickstart your endorphins and stuff as well because you know when someone says they don't need you it's like getting dumped yeah it's like and i i use that dating analogy a lot it's like when someone doesn't want you it's true it's exactly what it is it's it's, yeah it's exactly what it is so 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 how exactly do you help people with with the trade transition like what's part of the process so a lot uh, so initially it is that sort of values thing it it depends kind of what state they're in when they come to me. So some people, if you think about, um, the, you know, you might have heard it called the change curve or the, the grief cycle. It's it's a loss. So people are yeah. going through grief really depends where they are. So I do that. I hate this coaching phrase. I kind of meet them where they're at. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes they just need to vent and just like get all of this anger emotion off their chest and 
and that's fine. It's almost like people are like this balloon. I use this balloon analogy, you know. It's like you can't, you've got to like let the air out of the balloon and then you can start to do stuff with it. So there's yes. no point in trying to work with someone when they're at this heightened emotional state. It's like, okay, let's just let's just talk about it. Why? What could you have done differently? You know, almost, you know, that can be one session. It's almost like, where are you at? And actually, mm-hmm. what do you want to do now? Because because that job is never coming back. You cannot change that. That's gone. It's like, what you have got, though, is you walk out of that business with your skills, your experience, your expertise, your knowledge. No one can take that away from you. The things that you've lost is your salary. It's your job title. Maybe some of the kudos that comes with that, you know, when you're at the golf club, you're, you know, (laughs) Robert from, you know, CEO of this company. It's so. So, yes, you lose that. But the fact is, you can now be anything you want to be. So let's have a look at what you want to be. So we talk about values um, and I've got an exercise I take people through and they're always surprised by what their values are. Always surprised. <laughs> Isn't that funny yeah. though? Isn't that funny? Yeah. The, the, the surprise at what their values are. <laughs> yeah. It, and do and you know what? It's it's so funny because what comes up for a lot of my clients is money. Mm. And it's this thing of, oh God, money's money is like money's really important to me. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, money money greases the wheels. So it, you know, whether you, you whether you use the money for your own, you know, buying your own yacht or whatever, I don't care. Or whether you use the money to to give it away to charities so that or you or you, you know, you earn a certain amount so that your partner doesn't work or you put your kids through college. It doesn't matter. But if money's important to you, it's important to you. That's yeah. that's okay. And then we do a bit of looking back. We go, so talk me through some of your achievements and like how do you make a difference to a business? And it boils down to three things. How do you make business? How do you make money for a business? How do you cut costs for a business? And how do you mitigate risk for a business? It's kind of one of those three things. Yeah. A lot of my clients, if they're coming from the HR space, are in the mitigate risk business. I help them to see how they make mon- business, uh, how they make money for businesses. Because a lot of, you know, if you think about any business, it's a lot of it is people. So if you can get your people working better, if you can get more diversity of thought, businesses with more diversity do better. So there's very often it's about getting people to realize that what they do and they I was just doing my job. It's like you were doing just doing your job. Let's figure out how to quantify those results, because that's what you're selling to the next person. Yes. And then we talk about like, what's your market? So just as you do with the business, it's like, you know, what type of business do you want to work with? I went from this, you know, global business, 40,000 people to, I don't want to work for one of those anymore. I want, Mm. so I went to a restaurant chain who have, they they based their, their ethos on helping everyone to eat and live well, right? They have seasonal menus, huge plant-based menu. It's just like, they treat everyone like family. I mean, literally Mm. everyone's like family completely different business loved it so it's almost like i don't want to work for this big corporation i want to work for a smaller business i want to be in food hospitality that's my passion and i want to be in central london because i was working outside so we start to just sort of have conversations about so where do you where do you want to be and then we go okay so let's think about what types of organizations and now we start then we get onto cv or resume and 
LinkedIn profile, networking, interview skills, but you've got to do that foundation work first to figure out like, where am I going? Yes. That's so it's, it's that bit that we spend time. The, the, you know, if you can figure out how to sell yourself to the right people at the right place at the right time, it's that, that's where the hard work is. And that's what people resist a little bit, but mm-hmm. the light bulbs go on quite quickly for sure. So when COVID hit in 2020, so, you know, everything went virtual. So I, I joined, I took the opportunity to join a couple masterminds. And in these masterminds, <laughs> it gave me an idea for this whole pro- program that I created. It's called Speak About Yourself Out Loud. Because so many people could not introduce themselves. Like, that's why I mentioned to you before we went live, this is what I'm looking for when I ask you to describe yourself, right? Because it's happened on, on the show a couple of times where I was yeah. like, so-and-so, you know, how would you describe yourself? Like, uh. <laughs> there's like a deer in headlines, like, uh, <laughs> like, how do you not know how to describe you? <laughs> like, you, You've been you your entire life. <laughs> like, at this stage in the game, you shouldn't know how to describe yourself. But like person after person in these Zoom calls, and I'm here with my notebook, inbox this one, inbox that one, inbox this one. And I was like, hey, if you want to link up, I can help you out with that intro. And now I was just scratching the surface. And so uh, maybe 20 people or so took me up on it. And I helped them rework their their, their intro. And some of them actually bought into my program that I didn't even create yet. It was just an idea. Yeah. But it's like I've gotten so, so good at selling myself, but it's from... I, I had mentors and coaches and I had speaker coaches and it's not like stuff I just knew. It's like I wanted to seek it out. Yeah. And But so many people are not good at that. So it's awesome yeah. that that's what you start with. And do you yeah. find a lot, like how long does it really take you? I mean, I know it varies by, by person because it depends where they are. But on yeah. average, like how long does it take someone to grasp that skill? I, do you know, it, it can be, just a few weeks. I mean, my the program that I my VIP program is kind of six sessions. By session three, they're kind of getting it. And I call it the teammate. And I wrote a post about this the other day. And I went, you kind of need two teammates. You need the 30-second version that you you would share at a networking event with someone. Mm-hmm. And then you need the two-minute version that you share at an interview. Because you yes. will be asked this question. Because yep. very often what's happening is the interviewer is coming to the interview. Probably straight out of another meeting, you know, if I think about some of the business leaders I've interviewed with, they're literally running down the corridor trying to find a CV, you know, for someone. And they ask the question because they just want to, you know, like decompress, change gear, get their head in the game. So it's just like, you know, give people something, you know, make it succinct, but give them something that they can hook onto and ask you questions about later. And it's just literally that kind of, get you talking, make an impression, give 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 people something. But we we talk through some of that. And, I, and I'm doing this with someone actually in a couple of weeks time, we've got a mock interview. So I'm working with someone who is going for a big promotion internally. So it's like we're, we're having a trial session, you know, that's so awesome. that's, that's great. Yeah. Yes, I, I actually do that as well. I worked with with a college kid. He's um, I think he's down in Gainesville, Florida, I want to say. But um, I did some work with his mom. I helped her create a podcast. And then she she referred him to me. 
And like his big, big thing was he's trying to get internships. He's like, and, and I, he's like, I just can't get him. Like he's very, he's very millennial, you know, like very kind of in, introverted and, you know, doesn't really make eye contact, you know, one of the, one of those types. Yes. <laughs> right. So, so I had him send me his resume and I'm looking over the resume and I was like, oh boy, we got some work to do. You know, so I get him on, on the Zoom and we just start going line by line, expanding everything on his resume. And then we yeah. probably spent three sessions after that just on the sample interview. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm like, look at your camera. I'm like, sit up tall. I'm like, and speak with authority as you answer these questions. Cause, cause that stuff matters. You know, like, yeah. cause I said, they honestly don't care what you did before. It's like most, most people really <laughs> don't. They want to, they want to know how you talk about what you did before. I was yeah. like, that, and, that's and really what they're looking they're for. Listen- they don't give a sh- two hoots about you. They care about yeah. themselves. So yeah. your job. Those three things, right? How do you make the money, save the money, mitigate any risk? That's what they're listening for. How are you going to come and help me do that? Depending on whatever, you know, your role is, right? How are you, how are you going to solve my problem? Because a vacancy is a problem, right? You're the answer to the problem. So you've got to do some work beforehand to get in front of the people so that your CV is right. And what I say to my clients is your, your CV, your resume, that can be 10 pages long. It doesn't matter. Get everything out of your head at the beginning of the process. So, so do your thinking once. Get all your stories. And I, it's like a star story, I call it. Situation, task, action, result. Situation, task, action, result. Get all of those out of your head onto an Excel spreadsheet build your achievement statements from those, get those onto your CV. That CV can be 10 pages long. Each time there's an opportunity, you pull out the stuff that fits their problem because not all of your stuff is going to fit match their problem. Now you've got a two page CV that's so freaking targeted that you are going to get your foot in the door, but you need to do some work before then. So do your, do your thinking once Get everything out of your head into your database CV. And for each and every opportunity, you target it. And if you you just target it in less than 15 minutes, and it's like it's a different approach. And because what because it takes a bit more work from you, you're not just firing out your CV here and there. You are thinking about it. And and sometimes I've I've done this myself. It's this exact same process I did when I was looking for a job. You get kind of halfway through, you think. I don't, I don't kind of want uh, this. No, this is not for me. <laughs> and if you're thinking that, just, just scrap it. Cause you're, you're not going to do well in that job. Cause if you're thinking that at the application stage, you're not going <laughs> to turn up as your best self during yep. the interview yeah, or see, during the job. See, very similar, very similar. So one of those masterminds that, that I joined one thing I did take from them and kind of inserted it into my program was they had us make a badass list. And I was like, hmm. Like, so you just go through and you just write out as many accomplishments as you can think of. And, oh. and, and then just like once you, once you start going, like there are things in your subconscious that you long forgot about. <laughs> like long forgot about. So, so as I'm writing down, because in the speaker world, this helps as well. So, like, if I'm yeah. doing a speech on confidence, 
I go back to my my badass Rolodex. It's like, all right, I, I can bring up that story, this story, this story. If I'm doing one on resilience, I pull different ones. If I do one on grief, you know, there's there's different stories. So the exact same concept. I like exactly. I like that. And I even and I even use the word Rolodex. Yeah. And <laughs> someone who was a lot younger than me didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh god we're at that age <laughs> i'm at that age but it's exactly that it is because when you're being in it's it's like you don't want to be sitting in an interview with all your stories planted in the back of your brain you need to mm. do the work beforehand to bring them out on little it's almost like each story is a card right yes. so when they say tell me about a time when you've influenced somebody to come around to your way of thinking you just go oh this example you show that's it boom and the the last thing is that that star story situation task action and this resulted in and the result of this was so what happened as a result of that was bang and you attach a number to it wherever possible that makes you stop talking which is a sign for the interviewer that that's the end of the story and the last thing that you have said is so we increased sales by I grew the follower numbers on LinkedIn by this. I say this saved the company $50,000. This increased productivity by 20% because that's what they are looking for. That very last thing. And that just makes you so much more powerful as a candidate. It's just a no brainer. But only when you know it. Only when you know how. <laughs> exactly. See, and you had mentioned the uh, restaurant industry because uh, I spent 20 years in the restaurant industry. And, you know, remember, I was at one company and I left to go to another. And I did pretty much exactly what you said. Like, and I got hired on, on the spot because talking about food costs and, you know, uh, cost of goods sold and payroll and just went through all that stuff. And, like, our gross profit was this. Our net profit, like, they were just impressed that I had yeah. all of those numbers like ready to go and i was yeah. like so so bringing me in you're going to get someone who understands you know the importance of X, xyz you know like our staff turnover was this and you know like dude dude was just like when can you start <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh on the bus because usually with with management interviews it's like a, a process but he's just like nope like you want it you're in yeah and i think this is this is interesting actually because a lot of um a lot of people are, you know, compl- I work with a lot of HR people. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're just losing great candidates. It's like you're losing great candidates because you're taking too freaking long to give them the offer. Great candidates have got a number of offers on the table. So if you and this used to happen all the time in big corporate lands because, you know, we have to go through this process. And now we want to put them in front of the director of whatever it is, you know. Yeah before we make a decision in which by which time your competitor who's much more nimble much more agile has already gone okay do you know just exactly like you described Robert right we like you you're in and that happened to me at at Leon as well because I had I had my interview with the the HR director I did my presentation uh, in front of a panel they wanted to put me in front of the CEO who was the founder and we couldn't get a date in the diary and in the end he just went I trust you, HR director, hire her. You know, it's just, you've got to trust your people. But what happens in corporate land is people want to cover their backside and don't want to make the decision on their own. So that's all that is. That's all that is. Yeah, because like vibe vibe is everything. Because I always say too, there are some things that can't be taught and driving personality are two of them. 
Like, you're like you, yeah. you, you just can't make someone that's just not driven be driven. You just can't. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, yeah, there are ways to externally motivate them, but that's as a manager, as a leader, that's a pain in the ass. You no, know? you, but, uh, you, you recruit for attitude and train the skills. Exactly. Yeah. Because you can't train attitude. You, you can't. Yeah. You cannot. But I can take someone who's got like a, I can mold someone who's got a little bit of something. But when, <laughs> like, when education is pumping out worker bees that all look the same, it's just like, yeah. oh, you're all kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. When I, uh, when, when I was managing, I was managing a kitchen at a restaurant up in Massachusetts, and we had this dishwasher. He was always like, now he was a damn good dishwasher, and so like. You know, dishwashers kind of get put in the category with like janitors, like they they're very disrespected. But pe- people yeah. don't realize how important they are until they're not there, right? So, but this exactly. kid, this kid was a damn good dishwasher, but he was constantly looking into the kitchen. Like I could see him just looking, kind of studying. You know, he would help the prep cook do stuff if, if needed. Like, and I I wouldn't ask him; he would just do it on his own. Then he started navigating down toward. The, the fry the fry station with the fries and the chicken tenders and all that and then yeah. when it when it got busy I would call him over to help but like but he put himself in a position to when I needed a cook he was the one you know like he, no he, he did that on his own and that's what I try to preach to my kids who are of working age I was like don't don't just do what you're paid to do I was like if if you're looking to go beyond you have to make yourself the undeniable choice. You, know? you have to put yourself. You have to put yourself in front of people's face. You have to, yes. and you have to do this consistently because it's that moment. You don't know when that moment's going to happen, but that yeah. moment will happen. And it's almost like I'm their front brain. It's like I, I've, I've, I'm working with somebody next week who first contacted me two years ago. Mm. They first contacted me two years ago because you know COVID started. Not sure what's going to happen with my job. They found they they sorted themselves out no problem. Now they're like, okay, now I need your help. Okay, so it's but they remember me because I'm always out there. I'm always on LinkedIn. I'm always you know doing lives. I'm always popping up in their consciousness yeah. so that when yeah, they yeah. need some help, it's a no brainer, right? Mm-hmm. It's a no brainer. Exactly. Yeah, and like you mentioned, email email list earlier. Same same thing. Like, doesn't matter if you have ten thousand people on your list. If you never mail the list, <laughs> if you, if you never give them anything of value. <laughs> so that's, like, that's like, you know, marketing 101, but selling, but selling yourself is the same thing. Like, like I tell people with their social media feeds, you know, it's like you, if, if you look bipolar on your social media feed, that's how people are going to think you are in real life. You know, yeah. Cause, Cause now that's what pe- people do. You know, if people recommend my gym, first thing people are going to do is they're going to run to the Facebook pages or the Instagram page or the website, and they want to see. So if they go to your page and it's like, screw Trump, you know, I love yoga, um, <laughs> you, know, that, you know, if you're just all over the place with your post, it's going to be like, who is this person? You know, because yeah. that goes into selling yourself as well. But if you sh- if you show yourself, you know, if you're posting motivational stuff, there's pictures of you and your kids. You know, pictures of things you've done on a job or things you've accomplished. Maybe you got in the newspaper or something. 
and all of that stuff is on there. It's like, okay, this person looks professional. They're a family person. They're always smiling in these photos. You know, that's yeah. someone I might want to talk to and, you yeah. know, explore them a little further. Yeah. And I would say give, you know, it's, we're people, right? So, I mean, I'm an open book. So, you know, I share everything. All my social is open and, you know, even on LinkedIn the other day, I put a publicity photo of me from my play with my 1940s mm. haircut and my big, my diamonds and my first doll. And it's like this, I'm a drama queen in my spare time. Did you know? Because it's <laughs> it's like, it's like, this is who I am, you know, and, exactly. if, and if you don't like it, like, jog on. It's fine. Have a great <laughs> so life. It's like, but if you're a drama person too, you know. Yep. Now we've got a connection. It's like, yes. oh, okay. Oh, you're running that race in Rich. Oh, I did that 5K as well. Oh, I will look out for you. You know, it's it's yes. it's giving people opportunity to connect with you. It's like when you meet someone, it's like if you ever have a conversation with someone, you're always trying to find like, what have we got in common? It's, I don't know, yes. are we from the same place? Do we go to the same school? Do, our, do we watch the same TV programs? It's like, we're looking for those clues because we just want to connect with people the whole time. And that's, you've got to give a little bit of that as well, I always think. Well, yeah, because people want to be a part of something. Like, I do a lot of obstacle course races, like Tough Mudders, Spartan races. <gasps> oh, and that's, that's what yeah. my big vision board <laughs> oh, yeah yeah just just sign sign up and just do one and we we actually have have a group here called spartan 40 and there's like fourteen thousand people in the group wow. and we just everyone just supports each other and then you know there are people we see on race day and even though we're technically strangers we still have that in common you know what i mean so it's like it, it doesn't really matter what the group is but people want to be part of something whether it's yeah. that, like, you know, my mom, she's 70 now. She she plays bingo every Sunday. Like, that's her that's her thing. She Love she, she she calls her her old lady group. You know, but, <laughs> but, but just, you know, the more people people are a part of something, just even in the within the gym, like everyone always says, you know, it's our, our BF family. It's our family. You know, it's our family. And we, we do things together. We celebrate people's birthdays. We hike. We run the races together. You know, so yeah. it's more than just going to the gym. You know, it's yeah. like we're giving people something to be a part of. And even in the workplace, if you can create an environment like that, your your staff, they're going to want to work for you. Like they're, they're going to care about all of your all of your standards because they know at the end of the day, everyone's there to make money. Well, like even yeah. in a restaurant, when, you know, when they care about you, they'll, they'll make sure they scrape every last bit out of those containers. It's like when they yeah. don't when they don't care, they'll just pour in trash. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the HR term is discretionary effort, right? So you, yes. you have like great employee engagement, you get discretionary effort. So when it's like, oh, you know, are you clocking off at 11? Because that that's what time your shift finishes? Or are you gonna, you know, stay and help us out if you can, you know, asking that question is so much easier when you have an engaged workforce but you've got to put the work in up front it's like yes. it's like anything right you've got yeah. to put the work in you can't take from a, something you know from an empty cup whatever you've got to fill the cup you can't you, you can't just expect people to do whatever and that you know but that's something that i talk to my hr clients about because it's like that's what you're doing you're reducing 
the turnover because turnover costs you money it impacts your customer because your customers aren't seeing the same faces and the restaurants and and your training costs are increased so so think about what you're doing and then that is like you know you're making money because your your client spend goes up and you're reducing costs because your turnover is down your training costs are down and then it's like oh i see i can no one ever showed me why i was doing my job (laughs) (laughs) oh my god holy crap that hour flew by oh my god it's 12 o'clock or (laughs) six o'clock for you (laughs) it's five five p.m okay sorry five five o'clock for you five p.m all right so uh let us know where we can find you and uh let's give us some final words so my my social media platform of choice is LinkedIn. So it's just my name there. It's Jane Foray. I connect with connect with me, and um, I accept all connection requests. So that's that's where I'm pumping out. I've just started a YouTube channel as well. So it's very news day. So um, my YouTube, I do post job stuff and uh, what else do I post? Job, right now it's job stuff. So it's it's once a week. Uh, but yeah, LinkedIn is my is my social media platform of choice. So connect with me over there and love to love to interact. Awesome. Hey. All right, give us some final words. Oh, you've got to uh, so I am actually gonna write, I'm gonna use that phrase badass list. That is that is just great. <laughs> it's awesome. I love that. <laughs> um yeah, it's just my my favorite sayings are do the thinking ones so you've got to build that foundation for anything you want to do my particular thing is the job change thing you've got to build the foundation do your homework do the work up front figure out what it is you bring who is going to buy it how you're helping people make money save money mitigate the risk and position yourself as the no-brainer candidate for whichever opportunity you're putting yourself forward for love it Jane, thank you very much for taking the time on this uh, late late afternoon for you. You know, this <laughs> is a great you. conversation. And uh, if you want to be be a part of a panel, this is what it looks like here. Sure. So I do do these once <gasps> once a month. If you want to uh, come on, like I'll I'll pick a topic. You know, obviously, you know, I pick the people first, and then what once I have the people picked. I pick a topic that everyone can speak to and we just have a nice round table discussion. So, so yeah, I love fun. that. A lot of good connections have come from these panels too. It's like, I'm actually working with three, three of my, my former clients. We're co- coming up with an event. And uh, so I don't want to say any more on that until we're ready to, to actually <gasps> launch it. But then other people are doing projects on, on their own with, with each other. So you never know where these, where these panels can lead. So. Well, it's like say yes, right? You have to say yes to things. It's that I was yeah, having this conversation just the other day, and it's like with my my millennial nieces, right? Yes, it's just like why are you freaking saying that? Why is it even say yes? You don't mm-hmm. know who you never know. Again, like dating, right? You never know who you're going to meet and where you're going to meet them. It's it true. will be at the supermarket when you look like shit, but you know. <laughs> See, you <laughs> know say what? yes. Just before we go, I had said uh, one of my fitness clients invited me to a Zoom networking event. And now my day is starting the 4 o'clock hour, the 4 a.m. hour. So usually by 6, 7 p.m., I'm done with people, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so it was at 7.30 p.m. First, I told her I, I would go. 
And it just as the night went on, I'm like, I really don't want to do this. Like, I really don't want to. Like, but I told her I would. Like, Rob, you have to show up. Right from that one event, I met two people. From those two people, I met an additional twenty. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's just absolutely amazing how these things happen. But it's like, but but it just because I made the decision to show up. It's the power of weak ties. And again, like when you're job hunting, the power of weak ties. You've got to get out there and you've got to say yes and and help people out and it will come back. The more you put out there, the more it will come back yes. in spades, as we say in the UK. So true. Yeah, we say that, that here too. Are you <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you have yourself a great day. And again, thanks, thank you, Robert. Thank you for coming on. Take care. Pleasure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, so that was Jane. If you tuned in late, make sure you go back and listen to the whole thing. And it's solid conversation. So if you're in that space where you're doing what, what you're doing, but you think it might be time for a change, this is the one for you. So, you know, we're all about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, and helping you clear the path of what you're looking for. I'm actually going to be back in 15 minutes with another guest because somehow I double scheduled myself. But it's all right because I love doing this ish. So bring it on. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.